everyone and welcome to another Mindful Chat on the Artful Athlete podcast and today I'm pretty excited because I have on someone who I've watched grow on social media creating things out of thin air and making it to a point of just art. It's not just creation or recreation or, or exploring of craftsmanship, it's everything all in one. So give a warm welcome to... Wow, that was a glowing introduction. I best uh, best up my game for this now. Jesus, thank you very much for that. That's uh, glowing. It is glowing. And speaking of glowing, you are radiating today. You've yeah, got- it's thirty degrees. I am roasting. <laughs> Aren't we Sweat all? Sweatboxing here in my in my uh, streaming room. I mean, I've had to close the window and everything, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is not why I moved to this island for. I like no. the rain. I like the cold. Just uh, there's supposed to be thunderstorms at the end of the year, uh, end of the week even, and I am waiting for them tentatively to arrive. If I knew how to do the rain dance, I mm. would totally rain dance right now so that it would pour in my room. Just not I think you should just try anyway, even if you don't know what you're doing, just because sh- it would be hilarious. I shall wait until the camera's not on. Oh, I, I think that's disappointing. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so how you been? How are things? So much has happened for you this year and so much has happened since we last hang as well. So yeah. tell me, creation, it's- business full time, all the things. Yeah, so it's been it's been a wild ride, I think, is the the kind of the shorthand of it all with some very high highs and some incredibly low lows um but they've all kind of sculpted the last what, five six months and yeah it's got to a place now where things are really good so oh god where how do we surmise this this whole like ridiculousness uh how about starting by telling the good people who may not know you what it is oh. you actually do yeah so hi everybody i'm andy valentine lots of people just call me valentine if you so prefer either one i'm not too fussed i have been a creative my entire life um and into all kinds of creative avenues whether that be painting or music or theater or whatever um but for the last eight and nine years i've been a cosplayer i also at the same time was professionally a when i started this professionally was a web developer um and designer so i kind of always had this love of using technology in my costumes and you know everything from you know programming little arduinos for lights and really and just capturing really intricate detail in those in those costumes and started to get a quite a good reputation for doing that and in february i decided to leave my full-time job um working in development and become a full-time creative i guess the the, at the time the idea was to be a a full-time prop maker and make physical props because it's something i really enjoy doing but it's since pivoted as things often do with new businesses and now I am spending all of my time doing 3D model making an idea which came out of lockdown and the idea that lots of cosplayers were looking for high quality 3D models that they could print at home because lots of people were picking up 3D printers in lockdown because they couldn't go out and get new props due to COVID restrictions Uh, so I started making lots of really high quality 3D models and it kind of blew up at the end of 2020 and in February yeah I left my job by March I was working full-time and I've been doing it well we're in the middle of July now so like five months and it's 
going very well yeah happy anniversary thank you <laughs> five months yeah, it's, it's a fi five and a half and three days anniversary it's the special one the uh the, the binary anniversary yeah yeah absolutely but <laughs> it's, it's the thing as well when you when you take time to take a step back and and look at your journey if you don't celebrate right now the moment where you are i find that a lot of the time it creates something that's not necessarily conducive for tougher days if you don't mm. celebrate when you're re-looking at everything you've done at every steps you've taken so far if you don't take that one moment even to do a tiny victory dance for yeah. two seconds your parts of yourselves are gonna of yourself are gonna forget that it was actually not easy to get there 100 yeah I, you know celebrating those little victories is always something that i i'd like to try and do it's, it's hard that sometimes you can feel a little bit self-aggrandizing especially like i work for myself and it's just me in a house on my own and it's kind of like little yay it's kind of like mm, it's fleeting but it, it's it's meaningful at the same time but I, I definitely try and celebrate the the big victories as much as i can i think that for me they're more about milestones being hit or yeah. certain achievements. Um, there's been quite a lot of those over the last few weeks. There was a very big one for me a couple of days ago, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But um, yeah, uh, the, the, the there's been some good milestones recently, and I'm hoping that there'll continue to be a lot more to celebrate and share with the world. They've opened the door for new ones to come, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's the thing though, right? It's like, I, I when I started my business, I had a google doc full of goals and now of those goals maybe those like 30 goals maybe three of them are still relevant and i can't even i couldn't even tell you what they are now off the top of my head but the the everything changed and you kind of there was changes unforeseen situational changes that just meant that i had to go with the flow and just adjust and you know they that whole what is it is it the military over adapt overcome um and you kind of have to do that and i don't know what the what the goals will necessarily be in the future other than like obvious ones like financial but oh i, I say that i do know exactly what the next goals are going to be we say that but short term short term who knows long term i know but it, yeah there's going to be going to be an interesting next kind of like five years as we delve into creativity and the introduction of increased wellness in that because of the stuff that i've learned over the last years and more specifically months on my own journey so professional cosplayer prop maker mm. creative uh like just everything you have this fascination with craftsmanship with doing things in a certain way i remember you making the well the ragnar lothbrook armor <laughs> yeah. was <laughs> And we know what happened with this. Um, uh, we're on about they're on about the inaccuracy story, right? <laughs> we're on about that. But also, you using the egg in order to oxidize the metal just the right oh, amount, yeah. so it wouldn't look shiny, and that was wow. I've forgotten about the egg. I did not yeah. forget because you had posted a, a series of stories about you. You know, I don't know how you would say hard boiling the egg. It was right before you had. You were like in the process of knitting all of the all of the little oh, the chain little mail. rings. No, I think and... I think I egged it before I knit it. Oh, did you? I think so. Because I remember you asking the gram, uh, "What what do you think I'm doing with this?" And the, the egg. <laughs> and I was yeah. in the living room with uh, with my housemate at the time, and we just debated what an egg 
could do and like yeah. okay what's in an egg well it has maybe a bit of sulfur maybe it has like calcium yeah. maybe it's the shell and then eventually you posted it is to do this wonderful yeah. effect on the chain yeah so it, it is the sulfur so for anybody who has no idea what we're talking about, which is probably <laughs> most people, I had I had made these rings. Um, so I'd handmade a load of rings for a chainmail piece, and they were a aluminium silver ox um, alloy, so a mix of the two, and they're just shiny. They're really shiny, and if you try and paint or you know dye silver rings, either. The paint will just chip off where the rings rub against one another or the dye will look dotted and spotty because it's it is on it in a liquid form. So what you can actually do is take all of the rings, put them into a airtight container like a Tupperware box, hard boil an egg, cut the egg in half and put the egg in with the Tupperware and then seal it up and leave it overnight. And by the time you get back to it in the morning, you take it out. And not only does your chainmail now smell nice and eggy, which is obviously what you want, but um, it tarnishes it. So basically what's happening is the egg is releasing sulfur and it's, but it's being contained within the Tupperware and it, it does a antiquing oxidization process and the silver within the alloy and yeah, darkens it down and it just takes the edge off. And if it's not quite dark enough, you can seal it back up and it'll, but it'll keep going till a, like a quite a dark gray um, over time. And it's just a weird technique, but it worked really well. God, I'd completely forgotten about that. How I thought you... you were on about the, the inaccuracy in the Ragnar costume. And the... I mean, this, this is still something that I love as a story. Yeah. But yeah, making so I made Ragnar's Ragnar Lothbrook season two outfit from Vikings. And I spent a year making it, it took me a thousand hours and literally 50 weeks to make. And at the end of making it, I, I'd done it completely and utterly screen accurate um, to every tiniest detail. The guy who made the original contacted me on Instagram, I think it was, um, saying, Oh, hi, I, I made the original one. Da, da, da. Yours is absolutely perfect. Con huge congratulations. So, like, oh, great. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, while I've got you here, the, the rings and the, the weave, the leather weave through the rings follows a pattern throughout the entire costume. But there's three rings that don't follow the pattern. They're like backwards. Is, is that for a reason? It's like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, they're, they're wrong. He goes, are they? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I showed him all these close-ups of his own design and he, he realized they were wrong for the first time. And it was like, oh God, you've ruined my own design for me now. And there was this big debate. I put it out on Instagram. I was like, do I fix it or do I stay true to the original? Because I knew both of them would annoy me. So I didn't know which flavor of annoyed to be at that time. And we ended up being voted for uh, keep it the same. So I did them wrong to be true to the original and uh yeah so now there are two broken ones out there mine and his i guess and had you not flagged it nobody nobody in the world no one would have ever known but you would have known if it wasn't for that damn kid but you would have known and your let's call it creative integrity spirit mm. would have haunted you for the rest of your days yeah yeah i would be i'd be losing sleep over that on a weekly basis that we're dramatic at all ptsd in costuming terms yeah it can be dramatic um yeah it would it, i don't know it would have would have bothered me for a while until the next project which ultimately they all have something like that like cyberpunk which i've just done has bits that 
can't work in reality. And, you know, before that, Geralt, his scabbards for his swords on his back, not only float like an inch off the back, they don't yeah. actually attach to the armour in any way. But once the swords are in, unless you've got nine foot long arms, you can't actually take them out of the scabbards on his back. Such a ridiculous design. It's the beauty of video games and animation. Oh, it, it video gives... game physics. Yeah, the animation physics, because also, you know, you've got to make your character move on and it has to be believable to some extent. But it's true yeah. that then if you transfer it to real life, then... Yeah, in the game, he actually, you see him, he actually pushes the bottom of the scabbards so they kind of flip up on his back and he pulls them yeah. out forwards. But it's still not possible. I've spent many an hour trying. If you have back-drawn scabbards, they're supposed to have a, a slit down the outside so you pull them up and then to the side um but his designs lacked that but yeah computer game physics it's something i'm always fighting against because most of my cosplays have been especially recently have been video game related and did you think that life told you it was going to be this way that you were meant from day one to become this creative this prop maker I... singer because you've done every single creation medium there is almost i've done i've done a lot i've been in bands i've been on tour as a frontman in a band i've played lots of instruments over the years i still play a few i've just got my first piano which is nice and i know in theory like how to make a g diminished seventh chord and i can ding 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 make the chord because i know music theory but my muscle memory is garbage it doesn't exist so i'm slowly learning one song at a time I'm not going to become Elton John anytime soon, but I'll, I'll get in there. And yeah, so I guess I have a very creative family. I was just regaling it, actually, because in the process of I'm, I'm doing up my house at the moment, I call it my growth chrysalis. It's my space to, you know, grow and become who I want to become. And I was rummaging through some boxes to find some new art for the walls. And I've got some paintings done by my uncle and some prints done by his daughter my cousin india she is she is the famous creative in the family i'm not even the first she is significantly more well known than i am um india rose bird on instagram um and she does hand carved wooden stamps and then makes fabric and wallpaper for very very fancy london clients uh, like unique one-off hand stamped wallpaper um and it is insanely good the detail that we have in there anyway i've got a couple of i pulled some family strings and i got a couple of like the exclusive prints so i'm currently putting a thing up in, in one of the rooms with like a montage of framed pictures of all bits of art that have been created by different members of my family and it's really nice to see them together uh and be like actually i've always been surrounded by creatives my mum is very much a creative and my dad was an engineer so you know me becoming a front-end web developer and learning how to turn code into art was kind of I think always the on two. the cards yeah I like I knew that I was going down that route a kind of web-based development since about 94 I sold my first website in 95 and the internet started in 94 I was 13 and I had a yellow pages I started a rubbish little company called Alzani Designs which meant nothing it's just a made-up word and um, I was five, <laughs> so I was oh, not. No. Uh, had I started? Like I started. I started performing in ninety six. Wow. So a year yeah. afterwards, a year afterwards. 
but uh that is really cool. yeah it was a funny little story of actually a guy who obviously <laughs> had opened the yellow pages to web design gone alphabetically alzani oh this guy can do it and he rang my parents house which is obviously where the phone number was at because i was 13 spoke to my dad and he's like oh yes i'm sure andrew could do it for you because i was andrew back then um I'm sure andrew can do it for you and i my dad knew my rough price list so we quoted him this price for this website and this guy agreed and I did it and delivered the website to him with some screenshots. And he was like, oh yeah, it's great. You need, But can you bring them round on a USB or it wasn't a USB, it was a burnt CD at the time. Oh, a CD, not even a floppy disk. Yeah, not, well, it was, it was, it was after floppy disk. <laughs> or was it? It might not have been. It might, <laughs> it might not have been. been. <laughs> but anyway I rang this guy's doorbell and he did not expect a 13 year old lad to be stood there with his website ready to show him how to do it but yeah I was fascinated in that from a very early age and it did me really well it got me I I got in it into web development very early um and I sprung onto it as soon as I left university and I, I did very well in it and the I'm now a, a lead level UI developer and uh, I have a master's degree in UX design and so, you know, it's creativity in lots of forms has always been there from a very early age. Yeah, I think that's very safe to say. And now it's weird that I never thought I would be making 3D models. Like I don't, I, if, you, if someone was to tell, ask me, are you a 3D designer? I'd be like, mm, no, it's not what I do. But in reality, it is. I'm a 3D digital designer. And, you know, I, what I like about it now is I'm, I'm still not, I wouldn't say that I'm a great 3 I, I the applications that I tend to use, Fusion 360 and some a bit of Blender, I probably know 30% of the app, but that it's the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the time you need to use 20% of the application. And so I have everything I need to know how to do it. And I can make really, really high quality things quite quickly now. And that's what people tend to like about my things. I, I have a, an eye, I guess, from years of making sure websites are pixel perfect and you know art is in very intrinsically detailed i i managed to pick out little details and little things that are important details that people like to have in their props whilst also considering the engineering side of it like how do you ensure that this can be printed in a way on a 3d printer that makes sense and the orientation can make sense that your print lines are hidden or that it can be built and slot together in a way that makes sense so it's not just making a model as if you're doing it for an animation and just putting a rig in it you have to think how does it cut up and how do the keys insert into one another and does it can you then make it all be taken apart and in digital and so there's a lot of different elements to it and it just so happens that i guess various little things that i've done in the past have all ended up being requirements of being good at that job so it's I kind of fortuitously fell into it and I, I just again jumped at the right time and made the right kind of offering you know I, I started utilizing Patreon which is still where the majority of my work comes through so uh, yeah right time right place and right offering I guess. And it's also I think a lot of observation being able to notice how things are made and or like how things exist how they move because you can't animate if you're not observing them in their natural state if that makes sense even if it's you know a glass you have yeah. to look at how it reflects light depending on how opaque it is how it sits in someone's hands and everything i mean and I, I don't worry too much about things like 
opacity and reflectiveness. Oh most, no, that's like pushing it, obviously. But it's... They, these are like I don't because they're all printed in plastic. In the end of the day, um, but uh, I, there are a lot of other like challenges. For example, if you're going to make something that's going to be form fitting to somebody's head, like a crown or a mask, yeah. like how do you how do you start to figure out those shapes and how can you translate those shapes? into a tool that is like fusion 360 is in its heart an engineering tool and it's for making schematical engineering things that move uh so what i do with it is probably not what it's designed for but it works for it very well so yeah figuring out how to translate like multiple angles and slopes and things but from an say you've got to build someone's face but you can only use circles and triangles. Like, how do you go about it? How do you go, okay, well, what I need to do is add that circle there and then maybe use another circle to take a bit away and then use another triangle to add a bit. And then like, how do you, how do you break that down? And obviously in order to be profitable, sometimes you either have to be the first one to make a prop when it becomes into the collective, you know, consciousness of people, or you have to make it one of the first ones but be the best one so you know being that mix of quick at doing it quickly and figuring out how to make it quickly but also how to make it very well is a fine line um and figuring out how to do that you know it's all well and good making the best most perfectly designed model in the world but if you're releasing it three weeks after anybody cares about it anymore then it doesn't matter yeah it has a lot of parameters it's time it's you know being aware of pop culture because there is a lot of of um, characters and, and and yeah my approach to doing it is twofold it's a oh, actually probably threefold now it's a stuff that i want to make and some things that are like really iconic worldwide props things that will always be wanted like blade runner guns and certain lightsabers and stuff like that but then there's requests from people who are members of my patreon and so it's a, as a perk of being a subscriber there, they get to request props and it goes into a list and I work my way slightly through that list. But the one that's most profitable by a long shot is Flavor of the Week. And for the last month for me, it's been Loki. It's been the Loki TV series. And because there's been masses of new characters every week and all these different crowns and all these different weapons and things like the Tempad and all these like little prop items, the last few weeks have literally just been making, well, four weeks. It, it was a month to the day of making Loki props just over and over and over and over. And it would come out on a Wednesday. So I'd get up at like, well, it streamed at eight o'clock in the UK. So I'd get up, I'd watch it eight till 8 45 ish and i would try to have the first model from that thing out by half 10 um which would usually be like a crown or a sword or something like that that i knew was probably going to be in it but it happened that each episode had about four things so i would try and release them all by kind of the fr end of friday and that has blown up my patreon this month by doing that um so i've like doubled the, my amount of subs in two weeks in the last two weeks off the back of that that's insane uh, so I'm very happy with that. But now it comes like, okay, so it's Monday night that we're, Monday afternoon we're recording this now. But I don't know what's next. Kind of there's no new current flavor of the week thing that is going to be popular for the, the cosplay community at large. Because um, still, I have to focus on cosplay community stuff. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm kind of playing it by ear a bit at the minute. I'm making a droid at the moment from um a, a, a star wars game um from jedi fallen order 
the BD1 droid. And it's I think it's going to be quite popular as well because it's, it's cute and stupid, but it's it's fun. But when you say when you say creating stuff for the cosplay community, is it just on the creative side or now also because of your journey, is it also going to involve a lot more of something else? So let me let me give a bit of background for people who uh, don't know about this. So uh, when I left my my job, like full time web job, it was very it was a stressful job. It was doing stuff with the military I can't get into a lot of it but I didn't handle it very well and it caused me like some parts of it I found caused me quite a bit of trauma and PTSD and I on top of like new business stress and kind of like general depression which I and have been like a problem in my life for a long time because I set myself incredibly high standards and goals and subsequently it's really difficult to attain them so I beat myself up about that a lot and uh, I started drinking really heavily and then lockdown was in full effect and I couldn't go out and see anyone and I had no social circle and <clears throat> I was in a pretty bad place and the drinking ultimately ended my relationship and I was in a like a horrible horrible place for a, a little while and so I decided I needed to kind of change my life and get everything together and the only person who could do that would be me so I decided to stop drinking and go sober and join a um, recovery group uh, so not AA I'm not down with the whole God aspect of that, but joined one locally in the UK called SMART, which is about modifying your behaviours and the idea that if you choose to be a drinker, you can choose to be something else. And uh, I got back into the gym. I used to be a personal trainer a long time ago, so I, I know the gym in and out. And I've been very fit a number of times in my life, but I like back in April when this happened, I was very not, I was very out of shape. You know, I was drinking excessively to the point of falling asleep in my chair kind of every day. So I decided to really pull my shit together basically and go out there and change my life. And two days ago, I celebrated 100 days of sobriety, um, which I was incredibly proud of. And I shared some like progress photos of having been back at the gym five days a week for kind of eight weeks, eight, nine weeks, as well as not drinking. And I'd completely changed up my diet and I started to embrace mindfulness and I started journaling and I got out into nature every day and I got my steps and I started making time for friends and I adjusted my work schedule and I did all these things to improve not both only my mental but my physical health and it's been a journey and you can buy the reaction that I had on this post two days ago which is you know I've spent eight years making costumes and it's my second most popular post of all time which is mad after cyberpunk. Uh, it goes to show people don't come just for the craftsmanship. They also come for the human that makes them yeah. put things out there. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the thirst as well, right, based on my people sliding into DMs off the back of a topless. Oh, gosh, no. So it was so grim. Appropriate. It was so inappropriate. I had to put a PSA out of saying, no, this is not what this is about. This is someone who's trying to do things to recover from trauma. Uh, maybe sliding into DMs now is not the time. The face palm is real right now. I'm sorry yeah. you had to go yeah. through that. Because it's just... That's all right. You know, it happens. And just people just... Fortunately, people are very easy to block. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. And I, over the course of this, people have noticed the change. And not only... Like, I put these two photos up and they are black and white. Like, I, I look five years younger. 
I have got life in my eyes again. I, I was, I, I now look at the person I was 102 days ago and I don't recognize that human anymore. And I don't want to be that person again. You know, I've been at parties since where people have got wrecked and realized that was me a lot. Like the person who people would have to pick up off the floor and walk to the toilet so they could throw up. And I don't want to be that person or that liability or that that kind of person anymore. And I've started, like I say, taking on this journey of wellness, not only physical, but mental. And started to incorporate things like other forms of art. And journaling has been a good one for me. Uh, learning foreign language, um, making time to spend with people who make you feel safe all these different kinds of things and people have started noting that on my socials because i i'd like to share those things because still things like trauma and mental illness and they're so stigmatized and they really shouldn't be absolutely and like people still think it's weird to have, get therapy whereas therapy is one of the best things that anybody can have for themselves and so i have started to incorporate that into my social stuff and it has started to pick up. I have a, a very close friend in America called Natalie. She goes by OK Wookie with two E's. And many couple of years ago, many couple, a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, she started a hashtag called Energy Warriors. And I immediately was like, oh, I really like that hashtag. It's kind of like it's people who are fighting for energy to be positive in all aspects of their life. So I, being good friends with her, like, started saying oh do you mind if I adopt this this hashtag and use it for my stuff and she's like yeah go for it so I started using this energy warriors hashtag and now I'm getting daily tags from more and more people using it in their stories as and people sending me messages saying like wasn't going to go to the gym today then got Andy's energy warriors endorphin daily endorphin check-in because whenever I'm at the gym every day well five days but I'm otherwise the other two days I'm out doing something and I use this thing, this hashtag and like I do the daily endorphin check-in and people have started using it as an excuse to get off their asses and go and do something and whether it be physical or mental health or stuff like that and it's an amazing feeling to be able to be a kind of a beacon of positivity into people's lives as opposed to being something that's you know when I was drinking and so I was like horrible to people and and like doing things and behaving in ways that I massively regret but I don't want to be that person anymore and when you compare the two you know it's kind of there's no there's no competition and so I would love over the the course of the next few years to start to start to change my my output I guess like I I'm 38 now I don't want to be cosplaying into my 40s really I enjoy making and I'll still always do a form of making and maybe that will be like stuff supporting younger cosplayers, but it's not like something I want to do forever. And there was always a question mark in my head about what the out might be. And I think it's kind of sorted now. I think there's the, the path ahead is reasonably clear, but I do have to, do have to learn a foreign language, which is <laughs> fun. It's fun. I've done it. I recommend it. And it's really good for the brain. And it also what what I think one of the greatest benefits from learning a language. And for me, it's I can tell it's had it has an influence on who I am on the daily and who I allow myself to be. Mm. And there are some languages that I felt 
just very comfortable going into, not just because of the pronunciation, but because of the mindset associated with the culture and how the language in itself moves. It's not a real language theory, but it's my own that, for example, English, as we know it, is very, it's pronounced quite forward. It's the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. So for me, it's a no brainer type of language. You don't think, comes in and out straight away. French is a very modulated, we're a very breathy language and we send air in the nose to make the en, en, en type of sound and then send it a bit further down if you want the ooh and all of these other sounds. So we're just a flexi type of language and it goes to show in our grammar because you have a rule but you have a hundred thousand exceptions where the rule does not apply so it begs the question do we need the rule in the first place apparently we do even in english we have the whole i before e except after c even though there are more instances where that's not true i never remember that one and i whenever i have to type um recipe or receipt there's a moment where my brain just goes nope (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I just write it in another language because it's for me. <laughs> I just write it how it feels right and a spell check deals with it. Exactly. And for German, which is another language that I, um, that I speak, the German language is very organized. It's a train. You mm. have the subject, the verb never moves. It's in the second wagon and that's it. And then you just, you know that if this verb is here, then you know what the next word is going to be. You know that if you have a comma, then you have your introductory word for the Nebensatz, and then you can just carry on. So it's very organized. Yeah. And if you think about the pronunciation of German, it's not in the throat, like a lot of people tend to say. It's actually palate. It's upper Mm. palate, and it's above the throat. But it's right underneath the cortex, which is the most organized part of your brain. So for me, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Maybe it's just mirroring. Well, it's mirroring the state that is connected to the place where the language originates from. Did you know that even in English, the uh, adjectives for a noun always follow the same order and you maybe don't even know that you're doing it? So if you have a a dog, right, that is very large and bright crimson, how would you describe that dog? A large crimson dog. Yeah, or a big red dog, right? Big red dog. Big red dog, like it's it's, because it's the shape, then the color. And yeah, so you would never it. call it a red big dog. Even though it's technically correct, it doesn't feel right. No, because that's not what you see. Well, yeah, it is what you see first. You see well, you see the whole. Huh. Yeah. So in English, it's opinion, size, physical quality, shape, age, color, origin, material, type, and purpose. Did you just Google that? Yeah, it's, it's the <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember that it was a thing. I just couldn't remember what they all were. So yeah, so it's like opinion so like unusual lovely size physical quality like thin rough uh shape age color origin dutch japanese uh, material type like general purpose four-sided u-shaped and purpose like cleaning hammering cooking yeah so it's like a long narrow plastic brush or you know they always flow in the same direction and it's funny that you i don't think i was ever taught this but it's something that always felt right to say a certain way i was definitely never taught this i mean i'm not going to put my english my achievement of the english language or the german language to my teachers because i learned them by myself Uh, (laughs) and then went to school and spoke the language so that was a thing but Um, yeah now i'm learning norwegian and norwegian does not care about english rules because it comes from another branch of the tree of the language tree and so 
learning the new language and mm -hmm. how is this correlated to your next step and you okay. shifting? I've always enjoyed Norway. I've been there a number of times over the years and my family heritage comes from from that part of the world in fact my family heritage comes from germany um they were the whiteheads which were the vice vice i think it was um and they were like a group of prematurely whitehead clan clansmen not clansmen in a bad clansman no okay. i get that <laughs> not white hooded not white-hooded, white-haired. And then they moved up to Norway, and there were, that became a Viking group, which then found its way to Scotland with raids, and then from Scotland came down to England. I, the family, I have since, I don't use that name anymore, but that's a whole other story. Music, basically. Uh, and I've just, I, I don't know, I just love that part of the world. I love the cold. Um, I like things that are particularly scenic and have ability to go walking and stuff so for a long time i've told myself that i would like to go and live in norway so this is now the plan and now that i run a business that is um centered on myself and i only need a laptop to make it work i can live and work anywhere so i'm in the process of making that happen probably next year but as the short-term plan is to move there the long-term plan is significantly larger and it, is, it involves a lot more wellness and a lot of teaching. Like I don't want kids, but I very much enjoy teaching and I like being able to impart good onto people. And it is, this got cemented for me a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, I had a friend come and visit for a few days. He's a bit younger than me, he's in his like, mid-20s, but he was kind of fascinated about how my life was put together. Things as simple as when I do the cooking, I was cooking these, I cooked us a couple of meals whilst he was down. And because I'm on this health journey, they're very healthy meals, things that he's never eaten before, like mackerel, oh. never eaten mackerel. He's like, I don't think I'm going to like mackerel. Tries it for the first time the way I've made it. It's like, oh my God, I love mackerel. Um, but I have this thing like as I'm, as I'm cooking, I clean at the same time. Yeah. But so by the time I'm finished, I've got maybe one pot to do after I've, I'm done. Um, and I always thought it was a beautiful Bruce Lee quote until I looked it up recently. And it turns out it's a Will Smith lyric. But the point of this thing still stands. <laughs> Did Bruce you Lee fall to the uh, you fought you fell to the, the the inspirational quote on a post that said Einstein had said it and then you realized Yeah, it no, it. um Bruce Lee said a a slightly different version that is thing, but it's this idea of um if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. True. So I've been doing all this work on my house, for example, and the house is now always ready. So like if I'm just out with some friends and I'm saying, oh, let's just go back to mine. I don't have to worry about, oh, do I have to go home first and clean up and just make everything look decent? Because the house is always ready. And by trying to live a state and getting myself in a state of always being ready um, means that I never have to kind of like prepare for situations because I'm always ready to handle the situation. And so it was things like the food and then, you know, uh, there was a bunch of other things over the weekend. Then he went home and messaged me the next day. He's like, I've just tried cooking some of those meals that you did and they've come out really well. And I've just joined the gym because I was really motivated after being down there for the weekend with you. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, it feels really good. And that on top of the, the stuff where it's becoming motivational for other people to embrace wellness in their lives, especially for like cosplayers are notoriously crap at it because they'll, they'll, 
break themselves working 16 hours a day in a costume for four days before the convention and not sleeping but working in the hotel room and they're so horrible at optimizing their time and oh i've done it we've all done it um, we've all done crunches but it's true that the crunch uh, the crunch state in cosplaying community i'm not a cosplayer but i've seen so many just and this reminded me of my elder brother is an architect and when he was studying architecture before handing in a project they all of them would just be locked at university and just craft non-stop until the the you know the model was finished and then he'd come out of that absolutely destroyed yeah. really happy and satisfied creatively but absolutely exhausted but there has to be a balance there in the middle and i've been trying really hard to find that balance so for me i'm like well i will on a on a sunday i'll I have like a, a habit on a Sunday now. So I'll get up, I'll clean the bits of the house that need their weekly clean, like the floors might need mopping and stuff. And I'll water the plants and then I'll play D&D. &D, then I go to the gym and then I'll plan my work for the next week. So I'll say, okay, I'm going to produce these four models, three, four models this week, you know, depending on their complexity, the number, well, it doesn't matter, but I'll, I'll plan the next week. If it takes me Monday through Friday to do those things, fine. If I finish by Wednesday, under no circumstances do I then allow myself to work on extra things Thursday and Friday. I've hit my goal, so I take that time to do something for me. And, you know, so long as my financial needs are being hit every month with the work that I'm producing, I don't need to go and do lots and lots of other stuff and drain, drain myself into the ground. I'd rather take that time now to work on myself. So I'm, but I know I'm in a very fortuitous position in that regard. And, you know, I generally speaking Monday through, and now it's got to the point that I do that for four days. I don't work Fridays anymore. I'm like, if I, I, I know I can do what I need to do every week and be fine in four days. So I don't, I don't do any more Fridays. And I, I do very much understand I'm in a fortuitous position in that regard. And also I, you know, I can go to the gym at two o'clock in the afternoon every day when it's quiet and it breaks up my day. And again, I know most people don't have that opportunity, but it doesn't mean that you can't carve out that space in your own week to do things that are good for you. You know, the amount of time that people have sat on social media, that sat on Reddit or watching the same series again that they've watched four times on Netflix, where there are these other things that could come into it. So I've tried to figure out a way of promoting wellness, but also how to incorporate creativity into that. And so this is it's still a, a free forming idea, but my end goal when I've been in Norway for a while, I need to get the lay of the land first and figure out exactly how I'm going to do it, but is to create a creative wellness retreat somewhere in the mountains and very north in the cold and do things like you know hike up a mountain and then go painting up in the mountain or you know do yoga on a hillside or you know all these like different things that can incorporate physical and mental health and habit forming or you know have a week that teaches people how to manage a home and a life and a schedule on top of being creative and how to incorporate create or, or you know use using creativity for wellness or incorporating wellness into a creative life now i don't know exactly what shape that's going to look right now i do know it's going to be a lot more things than i have even considered like i'm going to need full time on hand chefs for example or you know specific teachers or probably therapists and you know there's all these different kinds of things but 
I've spoken to a number of people about it and it all kind of seems people are, think it's a good idea and there's a, a market for it. So we just see, I can imagine doing like people having a week that's just people who have come out of traumatic experiences, whether they be relationship breakdowns or, uh, you know, leaving a, a toxic job or a toxic situation who just want some, want to get away and do something by themselves. Or you might have, you know, a couple's week where people go and try to use creativity to maybe rekindle their relationship or, you know, just doors for something new for them to do. And I've got thousands, I've got lit, I've got a document of like thousands of ideas of this kind of stuff. And, but like I say, I need to figure out the lay of the land and figure out where I want to do it. And I don't know anything about starting a business in that country. I know I can't do it for the first three years of living there anyway. So, in that time, I'm going to visit a lot of the best known and best respected retreats around the world over those three years. Um, and obviously share those experiences of being at, at those with the following that I've gained over various social media channels. I'm starting by going to Iceland in October of this year to go to the Blue Lagoon Spa um, with, with the person who started Energy Warriors. We're going, we're going together and um uh yeah and then see what they do really well and how they handle certain problems and circumstances and how their setups are like and grab the best bits of those and bring them together and try to make something that's ultimately able to last and that's the kind of thing i can see myself doing into my 40s and 50s and 60s and beyond rather than dressing up as computer game characters forever one of the one of the advice that gets repeated quite a lot when someone is going through a tough path, a tough period, or is trying to digest a form of trauma or regain control of their own expression so that whatever they've experienced doesn't just weigh on them and become them, is to turn towards a form of creativity. Mm. And it's always something that's highly encouraged. However, it's not always easy for creatives to not let their creativity run them into the ground be it because they're just overachievers or they've set such high expectations of themselves or they're trying to live up to the image of someone they think they want to be. I know I've been guilty of yeah. that. Yeah, um, totally and, that. And guilty isn't even just a nice word to talk about it uh, because it, it's not conducive of feeding into that relationship with my creativity positively. But it's it's a learning process. It's a learning process. And this is something that I've encountered a lot as well with performers who will have will come out of a run or a performance or show completely empty and realize, oh, maybe have I left the character out? Am mm. I back to being me? Or have I poured too much of me into that character? Did we not meet halfway? And is this why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling? It's it's yeah, it's as if creative life and life life did not always go hand in hand and when you're a creative person it's about finding the point where they meet in the most yeah. balanced way possible and adjust it's funny that i've been very much both sides of that coin so when i first went full time my idea was you know i had i had certain spaces i want to be i had certain goals that I wanted to hit um you know at the time it was predominantly fence focused around financial because you know starting a new company it needs to be profitable in order to show that it's got potential to be long term I went completely the wrong way I was throwing 16 to 20 hours at it every day it was you know 
ruining my relationship. It was making me drink because I was stressing out about it. It was all that I would do. No one would see me because I'd just be in front of my computer, screwed away in a room for all day. Um, you know, I was on a completely different sleep cycle to my partner. It's just, you know, in the end, I'm absolutely not surprised we broke up over it all. Um, and now, you know, it's only or five months later, or, you know, three months since starting doing a really focused change. But the life that I live now is wholly more satisfying, you know, so I get up when I want to get up. You know, if I feel a bit tired, I stay in bed a bit longer because I can and I, I just, you know, you, I need to. But like yesterday, it was going to be super hot. And I knew I wanted to paint the walls in my in my landing, because um, it's the last room I've got to paint. And I knew it was going to get super hot and it'd be horrible to do during the day. So I got up at half five and did it like at half five in the morning because I knew it was just going to be the only time of day that was cool enough to do it. And then went back to bed for a bit. But, you know, so I'll generally start work sometime between eight and ten, work through till two, then go to the gym. And then when I am come back, I'll generally not work again. Um, if a couple of days a week I stream, so from like eight onwards so I class that as work so if, on those days I'm I don't do any work in the afternoon because I'm going to be working in the evening but otherwise I'll come back and do uh, on Mondays and Fridays because I stream Tuesday Thursday so Monday Fridays I come back and then I'll work through till about four till about six so long as I'm hitting my goals you know otherwise maybe I'll extra mile it a little bit but and then Wednesday afternoons I never work Wednesday afternoons and I never do any house stuff or anything it's just a down night and it's also my cheat night so I can eat whatever I want. So I'll go out and I'll get <laughs> big, big, usually a big vegan meal. I'm, I'm vegan adjacent at the moment. Um, veganish, probably more pescatarian because I'm eating quite a lot of fish. And yeah, so I just eat whatever I want and I'll just play computer games or, you know, sit and read or watch something I've been wanting to watch or whatever it might be. So Wednesday nights are always off. Saturday is always off. Never allow myself to work on a Saturday. I don't even allow myself to read emails on a Saturday. And then Sunday is like somehow stuff, some prep and like, but taking time for myself. And, you know, at six o'clock when I finish every day, I try to just get out of the house and just go for a little walk. You know, it's, it's so bad. One of the things I've noticed very much about lockdown is people just have stopped getting outside and outside is great. Um, it's funny that, you know, two days ago, I put up this post uh, about all these changes that I made and I, I listed a load of these things out and I put it on Reddit onto a stop drinking subreddit. And I put it on there because lots of people there are looking for reasons to keep sober and they're looking for motivation and drive. So I thought this story this hundred days I think is quite inspiring and I put it on there and it blew up anyway and I went I'd been out for the afternoon so I put it on this Saturday morning and I like I said I didn't have emails or notifications on my phone and I went out and I come back and it's like 300 comments and 1500 upvotes and I was like oh my god so I was wading through this and it was just wall after wall of people going oh my god this is really motivate me I've got to or like I'm definitely not going to go and drink today and I was like oh my god this is amazing but people clung on to three things in particular that I said in this wall of text about it I thought it was really interesting that they picked up on those three things one was I got outside a lot nature is lit and people like yeah nature is lit you should definitely try and get outside more it's great and it's especially during lockdown the amount of people that are now working from home and they stay at home during the day and they stay at home during the evening and they never go and do anything it's no surprise people are having full-on mental breakdowns the second one was the fact that i refer to my house as my growth chrysalis 
I do love that. Like most people want to be butterflies and they want to have big shiny wings, but I, I like moths. Um, maybe because I'm a bit goth and they're like cool goth butterflies, but they're more agile, they're faster, they live longer, there's more varieties of them. I, I just really like moths. So I do, and I've got a tattoo of one on the back of my arm. So I like the idea that this is my chrysalis. And, you know, no people think that when a butterfly or a moth goes into a chrysalis or a cocoon, they just strap on some wings and off they go. But they don't. They literally have to, like, melt into a blob of goo. And they literally become squishy goo and then reform. So that's what this chrysalis is for me. It's my space that I can become goo before I can have my wings again and everybody wants to be a butterfly or a moth or have shiny wings but like I I'm not there yet I'm still a caterpillar so you know this is the space where I can I can grow so that was the second one and the third one was the fact that I finished off the the block of text saying um, the catalyst for change may have been an awful one but ultimately it was the thing that I needed to change my life and you'd be amazed at how many people that apparently resonates with who have very recently or are in the middle of going through horrible situations, whether in relationships, jobs, whatever it might be. And there's, you know, an unlimited number of situations that those that falls under. But the other people that apparently resonated with and are like, OK, well, this could be the thing that ends my life or pushes me over the edge, or it could be the catalyst that starts me on a path to something really good and you as the person have the choice of what that is and so if I can help motivate that and change that and push people in a direction that's better for them then I'm 100% behind doing that because you know I've, I've been through the ringer a bit and I've been through it a lot of times and I'm still going through it and it's like I'm not suddenly not an alcoholic at all like if I I just it's, you know, you know, it's always a problem that's going to be there. And it's always something I'm going to have to be mindful of. Um, though I try not to use the term alcoholic. In my meeting, we try not to use labels. We try to just say that I've chosen to abuse alcohol. Um, so I can choose not to. And I'm choosing not to. And I'm happy about choosing not to. Uh, so, you know, if I can start to use a platform to encourage that kind of stuff, destigmatize um, people being open and honest about mental health concerns. That was one of the big responses that I got was like, you're really brave for posting this. And I didn't think that I was, but then you look at it back and you realize that a lot of people, they'd never be brave enough to go, oh, I've got PTSD or I've got, you know, Asperger's or whatever it might be, and just opening up about mental health concerns. And uh, yeah, use that to like, encourage things like therapy and self-change and self-development if i can turn that into something larger and then that's great and i have these plans but like that my my business changed rap very rapidly in the last six months the next three or four years may shift i don't know but i'm going with what feels right and what feels true and as long as i feel like i'm being true to a best version of myself then I'm not gonna feel bad about that and I think this is the recipe for success and for achieving whatever it is that you're meant to achieve and that you want to achieve I love the image of the moth because moths are attracted by light and mm. whatever you're the image you have and I can totally see you like having this place in the fjords all the way up north and it opens up you've got 
the water right there, a mountain in the background, and you're teaching people how to. My paint. two dogs, my two, my two malamutes. I uh, the two malamutes. Oh my gosh, yes, and the two malamutes running around and people coming just to. Also, yeah, if you were to move to Norway, you'd have the midnight sun. So for a month, yeah. isn't that perfect? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe I need to incorporate that somehow. Uh, maybe, I don't know. My kind of like collectives branding has always been known around the Cupids, as I'm, I know you know, but because um, Valentine's Cupids was a thing, but maybe maybe the moths and the chrysalis need to come into it a bit more. Um, I've been thinking about actually separating out social accounts and doing something that's separate, but at the same time, I think actually focusing it from a creative standpoint might be beneficial i don't know i'll figure it out as time goes on it's something that will come to you whenever it's whenever the whenever you'll have the right phrasing the right image for it it will come <laughs> naturally and i'm i for one i'm pretty excited to see you transition into that phase as well because i've been there since you were making that oberin spear and then you started embroidering so it's been quite the journey 2013 and, uh, <laughs> there you go remind oh, me of 14 14 well it's been a while but uh, yeah, I'm excited for, to, to see the rest and what's going to happen. And where You just want the opportunity to go to Norway and paddle around in canoes. Uh, yeah. Is, that, <laughs> is there anything wrong with that? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep your um, opening week invite like put on side. Get in. There you go. That's how you do it, kids. You put your foot in the yeah. door early before the idea has even happened. So that Let me be in your movie. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. My friend, where can the good people find you on the internet? Uh, most places, it's Andy Valentine, ITS Andy Valentine, all one word, uh, on Instagram, etc., Facebook. Um, but otherwise, if you go to www.thecupid.club, uh, you can find links to all of my socials in there. And there we are. So what are you waiting for? Go there. Go look at it. Go look at the things. Go create. And on that note, thank you so much for coming today for this lovely chat yeah, with me. me. Always a pleasure. Always, Always a pleasure. Very exciting to see where you're going with this. And everyone else, remember, you've got your regular fix on Thursdays for your short episode. And uh, I'll catch you really soon for another mindful chat. Bye, Andy. Bye, everyone. Here we go.